Welcome to the first official episode of the Way Forward Podcast with Alex Zek. I'll be your host for the majority of the episodes. I'm sure my co-founder, John Collins, will join me at some point. But for now, you're going to have to get used to listening to my voice. Hopefully, I won't be doing much of the talking, though. Uh, some of the guests that we... Actually, we've already recorded three episodes. So this uh, first episode that you're listening to was done after the fact, after we've already recorded the initial three with Sahail Shakiri, Charles Eisenstein, and Dr. Tommy John. But um, those three episodes were phenomenal. So I'm really excited for for you all to listen to them. I'll keep this one really short. This one's going to be completely unedited. My friend, John, whom I've known for just under nine years now, is doing a lot of the behind the scenes work, editing out all my ums. I've already said like 10 of them. <laughs> um, sharpening my voice, adding intro music that he produces from scratch himself. He's a phenomenal music producer. And a number of other things that uh, we'll announce shortly. I've got a few other projects that are sort of resonant with uh, our mission statement that we're working on. And we're really, really pumped for y'all to see what we have to offer. So this episode will cover a brief contextual background about myself, what our mission statement is, the type of guests that we'll have on, and the list of guests that we have lined up so far, uh, how this all began, and what we hope uh, the listener will learn from tuning into our show. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. So who is Alex Zek? Depending on what year that question is asked, the answer is going to be completely different. What I would say today is that Alex Zek is an individuated point of consciousness or point of the universe or piece of the creator that is experiencing itself in a specific way that is resonant with his experiences and his, uh, subsequent healing and introspective work relating to those experiences. Um, that's one of my deeply held beliefs and my beliefs are always subject to change and that's the beauty of it. But my deeply held belief is that each one of us is a piece of the whole and we're all experiencing this reality, this transient reality that we're a part of and unique, beautiful, in really infinite number of ways and that this separation, the perceived separation between you and I is an illusion. In reality, we are the same thing. Uh, and I mean that quite literally outside of this illusory reality that we live in. That is just a brief blip. Uh, cause I believe that we are eternal beings that live forever. Um, but outside of this reality, we are, the same being, we are connected, we are inextricably linked. That's what I truly believe. And I didn't always believe that. And I'm not saying that my way of thinking is right. That's one of the, my main sort of beliefs is that my way of thinking does not have to be your way of thinking. And your way of thinking does not have to be my way of thinking. And I truly believe foundationally that it's important to not infringe upon either negligently or intentionally the will of another person to express and live as they choose as long as they abide by the same. So with that, as long as that is respected, uh, that we can live in harmony and express in, in, 
infinite number of ways and sort of coexist in a very peaceful manner. And that we'll sort of get into that and what, what the mission statement is for this podcast. But so a brief background on me aside from that is I grew up in an abusive household. Uh, my dad was sort of just repeating cycles of generational abuse. And I, I say this not to like in a woe is me perspective or, or make people feel sorry for me. That's not the intent whatsoever. It's more so to provide context for how I became this way, how I developed the beliefs that I currently hold. Growing up in that environment, my mom was very codependent. She was more so focused on fixing my dad rather than nurturing and parenting us uh, for, for the majority of my childhood. So it's a very chaotic and abusive situation to be in. I was, my siblings and I were um, emotionally traumatized. We were verbally abused, emotionally abused. I was physically abused quite a bit. And it was just an extremely chaotic environment in the entirety of my adolescence. And from a young age, I learned to externalize in order to feel, in order to develop a sense of self-worth uh, and seek validation and establish a self-esteem in some manner. Um, and that was something I always did because I felt myself to be completely unworthy. Uh, it was something that was ingrained to me to not feel worthy of success, not feel worthy of existing, not feel worthy of anything. So in order to feel worthy, I had to externalize and constantly seek validation from external sources rather than finding that validation within and having that internal self-esteem. And that was that sort of summarizes the entirety of me entirety of my adolescence uh, again because he was very very tough on me very emotionally and physically abusive um, and although I succeeded to a certain level I would always get to a certain point where I would sort of self-destruct because I was so scared of messing up and then I would get really 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 down on myself and this sort of pattern appeared throughout the rest of my life until I really learned to heal it. And um, because I was forced to, from a young age, to externalize my self-worth, I was constantly st seeking validation um, in external things. Uh, a lot of materialism, whether it be in relationships, a lot of superficial relationships. I wanted to seem cool. I wanted to be the cool guy that could have all the friends, get all the girls. And it was a very very materialistic, um, very materialistic and very empty uh, life to be leading. So some of the positive takeaways, though, <clears throat> were I developed because uh, it was sort of impressed upon me at a very young age, uh, a deep drive and, and a certain level of perseverance through uh, fighting through things. Um, I think a lot of that was because I learned to stuff my emotions down rather than sort of talk through any trauma that I experienced. I'd never ever healed or discussed or worked through any of the massive amounts of trauma that I experienced when I was younger until really four years ago. Uh, that was the first time I'd ever spoken with um, a professional or anyone to discuss and work through and process the trauma that I experienced when I was younger. 
but I always was held to high standards academically and athletically. So I had this drive and, and sort of perseverance and grit that was ingrained in me in a young age. And some of it was unhealthy, but a lot of it was also healthy. So it wasn't all negative. There were a lot of negatives that have now I've uh, sort of transmuted into positives because it's changed me and made me have a different perspective on a lot of things. But the high standards that were held on me, uh, both athletically and academically, were sort of paradoxical in a way because I was expected to achieve certain things and I was so afraid of messing up for fear of disappointing my, my dad. And luckily, I got accepted to the United States Military Academy at West Point and I was still working through a lot of that while I was there. Um, I was still very much so externalizing and, and seeking validation outward. And I heard a lot of people in the process, but I slowly learned at West Point to sort of develop some standards um, morally. Because uh, aside from my Christian faith, it was sort of impressed upon me by some of my friends growing up. I didn't really have any moral compass that was taught to me. It was more so like, hey, you better not fuck up. But I never learned the why, why I was supposed to behave these ways. Like, what benefit did I get from behaving these ways? What benefit did others get from, from me behaving this way? Um, and backing up a little, my mom, when I was around 13, this was the first time that my dad went to rehab. Um, and it was a very, again, very traumatic experience. Um, I was sort of left to be the man of the house. And my mom was very focused on my dad healing and so focused on her own pain that she sort of neglected us. So I was, while my dad was away at rehab when I was 13 or 14, I was basically the man of the house. And in that process, my mom went to go see a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist uh, gave her like a 15 minute questionnaire. And my mom at this point had experienced an immense amount of trauma as well. And rather than work through the trauma with her, uh, my mom was put on multiple benzodiapines and SSRIs. And my mom, as do many people, has poor detox pathways and did not metabolize the drugs well. And it sort of uh, put her into multiple states of psychosis. So growing up, my mom was in and out of mental hospitals all the time. She would appear good. and We'd get little windows of what appeared to be normal alley prior to age really... 13. Um, even before that though, she was, she was on some, some drugs, but it wasn't until around 13 or 14 that it got really, really, really bad. And I basically didn't have a mom from age 13, 14 on until really the last few years. And it's not something to hold against her. It's, uh, at the time we thought, absolutely that she was just mentally messed up, you know, that she was bipolar, all these labels that these multiple psychiatrists had given her again, being in and out of mental hospitals, multiple suicide attempts. And I just thought this was who my mom was. So this was very traumatic for me. And it wasn't until around 2016, right when I was graduating from college, um, my mom came up to my graduation at school with my dad. They were still together at the time. And just happened to schedule 
a sort of consultation with Dr. Kelly Brogan. And if you're not familiar with her, I highly recommend um, looking up Dr. Kelly Brogan. She is phenomenal and she's helped a lot of people heal themselves. Um, anyway, at this point, me and my siblings uh, had have, had sort of written off my mom. And, and again, none of us had processed anything that we had experienced growing up. Uh, and we had written off any deep connection that we could possibly have with my mom and sort of thought like, Hey, you know, we can't really get close to her because she's more than likely going to succeed in committing suicide. Um, she's like not fully there. There, I mean, there'd be times that I would be home for the summer or be home for Christmas or my mom would call me and she would be hallucinating thinking that I was her dad she'd be hallucinating thinking that I was like four years old again. Um, she'd be hallucinating thinking that she was her like 10 year old self again. And that I was like her parental figure to take care of her. It was, it was some pretty dark stuff and um, psych drugs will do that to a lot of people at the time. Like I said, we didn't realize that it was the psych drugs that were causing this. And it was the fact that she had never sort of healed the trauma that she had went through and, it wasn't until she found Dr. Brogan and discussed with her and Dr. Brogan told her that, Allie, you're not bipolar. You're not this, you're not that, you're not these labels. And basically my mom worked with Dr. Brogan for a period of three to six months. And within that time period, my mom completely did a 180, got off all her psych meds and has now been off them for just over four years and is completely fine. And that was a really shocking experience for me. And that was what I call the first um, strike to, to me sort of beginning to question everything that I know, everything that I had been taught. Because for the first time, I see my mom taking steps to work through her trauma. And again, I hadn't worked through any of my trauma up to this point. I just sort of suppressed it and externalized my self-worth. And seeing my mom begin to, to go on this journey and then all literally all that it consisted of was her healing her trauma, doing introspective work, um, developing a meditative practice and completely changing her diet. And that was really shocking to me at the time, my wife who I had just gotten married to, um, she had previously been diagnosed with lupus and rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, at this time she was 24 when we, when we had gotten married and she had had lupus and rheumatoid arthritis and had been diagnosed with multiple, labels of autoimmune conditions, sort of just autoimmunity from age 15 on. And once we saw what happened with my mom, we were like, hey, let's let's go ahead and try this with you and, and see how it works. And within a three to four month period, my wife had completely tapered off all of her sort of immunosuppressant. And um, actually, I think she was on one psych med as well. She had tapered off all of those. And completely did a 180 as well and had blood work to prove um, that that her ESR, which is the sort of sediment rate in your blood, the inflammation levels had completely dropped to a normal level and was not on any uh, immunosuppressant drugs anymore, not on, oddly enough, hydroxychloroquine, which I know is really controversial right now, but my wife had completely gotten off that, gotten off uh, the other drugs that she was on and was exhibiting no signs of autoimmunity. So, is those two instances that happened within a four to four to six month span that really made me begin to question 
everything that I had learned. Um, and then also at the same time, multiple more traumatic experiences happened with my dad, um, where he sort of, um, started, uh, fell back into the cycle, uh, that he was previously in. And that sort of tore my family apart right after my mom and my wife began to heal. And I began to start questioning everything. So that triggered a lot of old emotions in me and old experiences that I had. And I was forced to change my diet, forced to sort of begin to question the entire nature of my reality, like my entire family life, um, what I believed, who I was, uh, what I believe about reality, what, what I'd been taught about diet and about pharmaceuticals, um, really questioning everything that I had learned for the first time. And I got in contact with two uh, trauma counselors who were absolutely phenomenal and instrumental in helping me get on this path. Uh, first off, Dr. Kelly Brogan, if it wasn't for her, I would have never begun this path to begin with. My mom would likely be dead. Um, I would probably be continuing to externalize or I might be a drug addict or divorced at this point. Um, and fortunately, Kelly Brogan helped set my family on the right trajectory. And then I met Chris Page, uh, Tammy Joyce, and those were two of the people that sort of put me on this path of healing my trauma. And that's when everything really started to come together. Once I started discovering who Alex Zek is at the core, that's when I really, really, really began to heal and reconnect with my inner child and understand, at least from my perception, the true nature of reality. And that is that we are all one. Um, it's really tough to explain to anyone that has not yet begun an introspective journey of, of questioning, uh, sort of questioning their programming, the things that have been impressed upon them and, and healing their trauma. It's tough to explain how on the back end of that, you sort of realize that we are all one um, and that many of us uh, that are harming others are really just in, in, in immense pain. And that's not to give them an out. It's just that they haven't healed their own individual trauma. And it's all relative. Everyone has trauma that they need to heal um, and need to look at and programming from their childhood that they need to, pro to, to look at and evaluate. And that's not to say your childhood was bad. It's just important to understand why you believe what you believe, why you have the sort of self-esteem that you do and I think doing introspective work really brings that to the surface. And it was, it was really everything all at once. I, I started um, really understanding how nutrition is, at least in the way that is currently taught in Western countries is completely bogus, how allopathic medicine to some degree, aside from emergency and acute care is completely uh, sort of bogus. Um, a lot of the things that we've learned to accept as normal may not be so normal and may not be healthy. And I think there's a lot of data to corroborate that. And then this sort of divisive and polarizing climate that we're in right now is, is going to be a vicious cycle until people start first off doing the work that I just discussed. And then second, looking to the people both to their left and their right and realizing that they are also the same being that, that you are to the core. 
um, and understanding that we are all connected and sort of relearning the sacred uh, interdependency between all things and, and treating not only others as sacred, but, but yourself is sacred. And that um, sort of will lead me into discussing what our mission statement is at The Way Forward. Um, so sort of starts with a premise uh, setup is humanity is in pain. The modern age offered opportunity for more connection, but the more interconnected we've become, the further we've drifted apart. We pay much attention to what divides rather than what unifies. We've ignored the inherent symbiotic relationship between each other our environment, and the universe. We've become addicted to the artificial and superficial at the expense of the natural and of depth. We're obsessed with wokeness, but lack wisdom. We expect conformity and shame the unique. We're in a period of chaos, confusion, and fear. This period offers a catalyst for change, and for the sake of life on Earth, change is needed. What is the way forward? And the way forward is to respect the law of free will, to encourage mind, body, spirit, wellness, to promote love, compassion, and understanding as core values, to be of service to others, and to honor the inherent sacred connection between all things. So I'll go ahead and sort of break down those five tenets uh, and what John and I sort of believe uh, believe they, they're describing. So the law of free will, briefly touched on that earlier, and it's it's basically can be summarized as I will not infringe upon your free will to live and express the way that you want to either negligently or intentionally, as long as you respect that same. So the law of free will is basically you're allowing other people to exist and express in, in the infinite number of ways that they're able to, as long as they are not infringing upon your free will to express and live the way that you want to. Now with that, um, I've had a few people tell me this, that, that, that will lead to certain selfishness, which is why we've added in the other tenets of our mission statement for clarification. So first being, uh, to encourage mind, body, spirit, wellness. So that sort of stems from, um, what many ancient cultures have discussed in terms of what it means to be a whole human. Right. And I think a lot of our, uh, health systems or our idea of health in the in western nations is completely missing the link the inextricable link between mind body and spirit um and some of the episodes we've already recorded we've touched on that pretty deeply um and i'm really pumped for for you all to listen to them but mind body spirit wellness you are a mind body spirit that is what we believe at the way forward and again we, we may be completely wrong, but that is what we believe. We believe that you are a mind, a body, and a spirit, that each of us is a mind, a body, and a spirit. And it's important to incorporate all those in into health, right? Um, so to promote love, compassion, and understanding as core values. I think that speaks for itself. Um, and that sort of ties into respecting the law of free will, um, but it, it's more so than just respecting it's, it's having love um, for others. Love, not because they are others, but because they are other self. They are you at the core and you love them because they are you and you love yourself because you've done the work at this point or you're doing the work, you're on a journey of learning who you truly are at the core. And because of that, 
hopefully you learn to recognize the inherent connection between all of us and you have love, you express love, you are love, and you have compassion for other and you understand. Um, and a, a brief example of that is I, if you would have asked me three years ago, what I, what I thought about um, some of the things that I had experienced when I was younger, some of the sort of perpetrators um, for my abuse, I would have told you I, I, I fucking hated them, right? That's, that would have been my immediate reaction. I, I hate them. I want nothing to do with them. And now in the position that I'm currently sitting in is I, I understand why they are the way that they are. That's not to give them an out for what they've done. That's not to give them an out for their current behavior, but it's, it's an un- understanding of where people are coming from. And it's an understanding that they are a product of their um, subconscious programming from their childhood. They're a product of their experiences and they're a product ultimately of their environment um, up to this point in life. And with that, um, when you when you have understanding, you realize that people sort of behaving in ways that may seem harmful, that, that are harmful. A lot of the times they are extremely harmful. I mean, there's some very megalomaniacal, um, narcissistic people that exist that are harming people in mass. Um, but at the deepest level for many of them, I won't speak to all because <laughs> there are some truly evil people that exist, but uh, many of them. Um, are just a product of their environment. And if you approach them as such with understanding and obviously first love and compassion, you can help them to maybe see, uh, no pun intended, the way forward, right? You can help them to sort of see the true nature of their being, see where their ways are incorrect and sort of help guide them and help, help teach them rather than shame them and, and sort of hate on them for the position that they're currently in, even if they are being harmful to you. And obviously there's a lot of, there's a lot more nuance to that and it's not so black and white. Right. But uh, at the core uh, to promote love, compassion, understanding that is, that is an extremely important tenet in uh, how we feel at the way forward. So, and then the other one is to be of service to others and, that sort of touches on what I previously just discussed, but, and it really touches on the respecting the law of free will. So it's respecting the law of free will with other things and then being of service to other, taking up uh, a mentality of sort of helping others again, because they are not other, they're other self, meaning they are still self. You are still connected to them. You're inextricably linked to them by virtue of existing, by existing within the whole that is creation. And being of service to others is going to look different uh, for everyone, but service to others is extremely important. Uh, and, and that brings us to the next point, and it's to honor the inherent sacred connection between all things. So when you recognize that other is not other, and you take that a step further, and that this environment is an extension of the creator and we are all extensions of the creator. We are all individuated points of consciousness where we are all um, at the core love and unity. We are all at the core uh, different expressions of the universe. Um, and everything that exists is sort of encompassed by, um, by the creator, 
that that is that is the ultimate truth which is unity which is infinity we are eternal beings and when you honor the inherent sacred connection between all things you treat it as sacred you treat yourself as sacred you treat others as sacred you treat the environment as sacred and i i believe we'll have a number of guests that sort of resonate with that last point it's because we're missing that a lot we're missing a lot of these things it's sort of what I touched on in the premise about humanity, that that's something that I truly believe. And that's something that I ultimately want to make a past tense premise, right? Rather than humanity is in pain, it's humanity was in pain. Um, John and I's message in this mission statement is just another expression of what so many people who are working to unify others are saying. Uh, and this is just one version of it a different language of it, if you will. We're all expressing the same things. And I think all the re religions at the root were expressing the same things as well. All the world's major religions were expressing love and uh, that we are all pieces of the creator, pieces of the creation, and uh, we need to learn to treat each other as such. So with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up. We hope that the episodes that we share have a positive impact on your life and that you'll learn to see things from a different lens and learn to perceive reality as sacred and learn to see other, not as other, but as other self, as, as an extension of the creator, as you are. And we hope that you'll join us as the way forward for humanity.